Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know what works so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5000 10000 15 20000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming, then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. Helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking all about style and fashion. And boy, isn't this the podcast for that? Because look at how I show up. <laughs> Wingnut Social t-shirts on brand for days. You know what? I'm comfortable, right? And it's important to be comfortable and it's important to be confident. And I'm very confident in my wingnut social t-shirts. But when you're out there as an interior designer and you're meeting with clients and you're going to site visits and you are the face and you're representing your brand, maybe a t-shirt is not going to do the job, right? So today's guest, Angela Foster, is a stylist. She, this is what she does all day long. And she has some terrific tips and advice for us, not only in what to wear, how to wear it, how to think about your body shape type when you're choosing clothes for any given situation, photo shoots, on-site visits, or what have you, uh, what that looks like, but also the mindset piece of it, right? I think we've all been to like, I'm not going to do the photo shoot till I lose 5, 10, 15 more pounds. She has some thoughts on that as well. And I'm guilty of that. I do. I, I did that. I put off photo shoot for three or four years because of COVID weight, the divorce weight, the menopause weight. And then finally I get a, did a couple new headshots. I was like, I need a new headshot. This is ridiculous. I don't look like I'm five years younger anymore. So, you know, it is what it is. All right. So before we get into my conversation with Angela Foster, you know, I got to tell you, this, there's this part here where I got to read the bio. It's a thing. It's a thing we do in podcasting, right? After 20 years as an executive in the fashion and beauty space, Angela Foster now helps high achieving petite women, but you didn't hear that here, feel more confident by creating a closet they love. Her clients show up prepared and confident to brand photo shoots, keynote presentations, and everyday life because they enjoy a wardrobe filled with clothes that fit their height and flatter their body shape and that they love to wear. So important. And guys, she, we talk about all shapes and sizes here. So because she specializes in petite, don't let that throw you. I am not petite. <laughs> all right. So we get down and dirty with what's in your wardrobe. Wingnuts. Help me in welcoming Angela Foster to the show. Hey there, Angela Foster. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am doing terrific, Darla. How are you? 
I'm doing terrific here, too. And as you can tell, I prepared for our conversation about what to wear and fashion by putting on my very best wingnut social t-shirt here. And it is awesome. (laughs) Isn't it cute? It's very on brand. It absolutely absolutely is. I'm I'm actually really excited to have this conversation with you, right? Because, um... What to wear and how to wear for different events and situations and photo shoots and consultations. It's a, it takes up a lot of bandwidth. At least it used to when I was doing full-time interior design. I'd be, what do I wear to a consultation? What do I wear to a site visit? What am I going to wear in this photo shoot? And it was a lot. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your tips and tricks and suggestions. Now I'm kind of more like Steve Jobs. <laughs> and I wear <laughs> the same damn t-shirt. I mean, that's just kind of how, that's like how I'm not a fashion icon, but part of it is the resistance of the overwhelm and not knowing, you know, what to do and what to wear when. So before we dig into this really, I think, very important conversation, tell us just a little bit about yourself, what makes you an expert in this field, and let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So I was an executive in fashion for various fashion and beauty companies for over 20 years. And in, I'm going to say it was 2017. Now I was, um, out of town at a national sales meeting and one of my really good coworkers, um, had just had her second baby and, um, was going through a divorce. So she had a lot of mind chatter about, you know, like the changing body shape and just all of the personal stuff that baggage that comes with major life changes like that. And she said, you know, like Angela, would you help me? I don't know how to dress for my new shape anymore. I have these kids, like everything is just falling apart and all of this. So would you help me? And I was like, oh my gosh, a hundred percent. So, um, so we worked together for about six weeks and, um, and it was super organic. Like I would just like pop over stuff like, oh my gosh, I bet this is going to be amazing on you. Like check it out, see what you think. Um, and she did. And after we got done working together, she had a bunch of her personal girlfriends notice the change in her self-esteem and her confidence oh, wow. and just how she was putting herself together. And, um, she's, she called me up and she's like, Hey, would you mind working with them? And I was like, <laughs> Well, I, you know, I have a job, but sure, I'm more than happy, more than happy to help. Uh, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Like one client became two, became five, became 10. I make it sound super easy. It wasn't quite that painless, but yeah. <laughs> that, that I, I know, I'll tell you, I talked to interior designers from on all levels, from solopreneurs to multi-million dollar design firms every day. And it, we still struggle with this for because we have to do, you have to be visible, especially if the firm is you, it's your name, it's eponymous, and you are the face of the firm. You have to know what to wear. And, and this is a thing I'm finding. And if you're out there in the audience and in, in, you finding it different, please let us know. Let us know. Send me an email, info at wingnutsocial.com. But interior designers are great at design and aesthetics, but we don't always, we're not that great at fashion all the time. I, I'm, I, I have heard this from other designers, which is why I'm saying this. And me too, I have, I'm terrible at knowing what to wear. And one of the things that really intrigued me, which is why we're here having this conversation was on in the green room and your, your intake, you were just talking about what, what to do, uh, like if you're going to a photo shoot and you don't want to put it by clothes or you don't want to, you know, get clothes or flatter your shape because you put on weight or because yes. of, you know, all, all these things. And we we deal with that, especially yes. as faces of our businesses and our firms. We're very self-conscious. We like to pick ourselves apart. Yes. And I recently just kind of did a photo shoot because I needed new headshots. Mine were like five years old. 
And I put on like 40 pounds with the pandemic, menopause and a divorce. And I made myself do it. But man, was that a struggle. And I didn't wear the right things. I should have talked to you ahead of time. So <laughs> let's, let's just talk about, we'll talk about that, the baseline. We're, gonna, we're getting our headshots done. We're doing our self-facing branding situation. Where do we even begin? Absolutely. Such a great question. And yes, as women, we put a lot of stock into what a random number on the scale says, and it can really change our mindset and how we feel about it. And to your point, we know as business owners and entrepreneurs, how important visibility is. I mean, it yeah. is such a noisy marketplace. We have to be in front of our potential clients. So, um, the first thing is, and Darla, like steer me back if I go off on a tangent, but whether it's, for, <laughs> whether it's for a photo shoot, or I know that so many of your wing nuts are, you know, like big on Instagram and all of that. So they have sure. to be able to do those like more candid spur of the moment type of things. The most important thing is that we know how to dress for our body shape. And as women, it's our body shape, shape is going to change you know, we'll go through puberty and we'll get mm -hmm. pregnant. We'll have a baby. We'll lose the weight. We won't, um, we'll go through menopause to your point. Our body will change, you know, things shift around drastically, by the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> menopause is the freaking worst. It's well, yes, not many of us make it sound super sexy, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but once we know how to dress for our body shape, and it's, and it's really, it's not hard, but once we know, then it doesn't matter if our body shape changes or when it changes, we know how to deal with it. And that mm -hmm. in and of itself is enough to give us a lot of confidence. The other thing is, and I hear about it all the time. They're like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to wait until I lose five pounds or I'm going to wait yes. until I lose 10 pounds. Dar Darla, I don't know about you, but in my entire life, and I'm 51. So in my entire life, I think I have been my ideal body weight for a year. I mean, if, yeah, I, I'd have to. Yeah. Same. Maybe I mean, two. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So, I mean, we think about it. If, are we just going to like continue to put stuff on hold until we get back to an ideal body weight that I will probably never, ever see again? Like sometimes we just have to like move on and just deal with what we have going on right now. So that's the first thing. Once we, once we're like, you know what, I'm going to dress for the body shape I have now. And I think it does help like when you realize that nobody is judging your body the way you are, you yeah. know, and just saying, you know, that's not why they're coming to you as a designer is because of, you know, how much you weigh or whatever. So, so there's that when it comes to, you know, whether it be for photo shoots on, um, um, for social or for your website or whatever, it's dressing your brand is so incredibly important. A lot of clients who come to me, they'll have their brand book from their branding expert, right? And they'll be like, you know, this is, you know, this is the colors and this is, and all of that. Um, and it's, it's almost like clothes are, um, like, like an afterthought, like you yeah. put so much time into your website design and into your social media content, you know, package and all of that. And then like, we just expect to have a, like a closet full of clothes that just makes sense <laughs> with our brand. And that doesn't typically happen. 
Um, so being able to translate your brand thesaurus into an actual wardrobe for the different buckets, like to your point, you know, I'm meeting with a potential client or I'm at a site and there's construction mm -hmm. going on, or I want a behind the scenes picture for social media, being able to put that into like three different buckets and having three very specific, um, I don't want to say dress codes, but you know, like kind of a capsule wardrobe for each of those different buckets makes it so much easier and takes so much stress, stress and pressure off of us. So you, you said knowing how to dress for your body shape. So we come in all different shapes and sizes. I'm, I'm not petite. I'm a, I'm, I'm a larger girl. Right. So I always had a thing with that. How, where do, where does one begin to know what that is, even is short of going to an expert like yourself for a consultation. And, and I really like the idea of kind of having like a preloaded kind of, okay, this is my consultation section. This is my on-site visit section. This is my photo shoot section. I do, I do like that. So let's just do the first part here about how do we know, how do we get education around dressing for our current shape? Because yes. we don't want to wait anymore, right? No. We want to just go Can't get it. Wait. We just want to go do the Thing, right? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> and, just do it. Absolutely. And then I have a, a follow up. Sure. So um, when I first started style coaching, we would, I would talk to clients about their body shape and it was always, uh, um, I'm an apple and my boobs are too big or my shoulders are too broad, or I'm a pear and my thighs are too thick and my butt's too big or my hips are too wide. It was always a, this is what I am. And mm -hmm. this is why it's bad. And it's just, almost impossible for anyone, especially a woman to spend all that time in her closet, trying to get dressed in the morning, picking herself apart, telling herself what's wrong with her shape, and then leave the house with the mindset of I'm absolutely going to crush my goals. So what, what I do is with clients, we do talk about body shape, obviously, but we look at it more as number one, what is your favorite feature? So is it your bust? Is it your waist? Is it your legs? And we focus on emphasizing that first. Now, that's not to say that we don't ever talk about areas that we don't like. Like, you know, I'm getting right. thicker around the middle or my thighs are getting. <laughs> it's not that we don't ever talk about that. It's just not the first thing we focus on. Because when you, when the clothes that are hanging in your closet emphasize your favorite feature and make you feel amazing, the other stuff just isn't that important. Right. Yes. So we talk more about balance. So... If you have, say, um, stronger shoulders, more voluptuous bust, um, paired with like a thinner, more sculpted, you know, bum, hip and thigh area, then what we want to do is we want to add volume to the bottom oh, because okay. it's just, and I'm sure that there is, um, an interior design equivalent of this <laughs> about the balance. Right. Um, but that's what we want to do is because honestly, style is just creating the illusion. It's just creating the illusion of what we want. And so with your body, you just want to create that balance. So if you have natural volume in a specific area, don't add more volume to that. Add volume to another area so that you have that balance. Oh, I see. So if you're, if you're kind of big busted and you have broad shoulders, but you have like little skinny hips. So you'd wear like maybe a skirt that has like a little, that has a little bounce to it or a right. little bit of, right. Oh, okay. yeah, absolutely. That makes you could sense. Do, yep. You could do a pleated skirt. You could mm -hmm. do, you know, like a fuller, any kind of a fuller cut. Mm -hmm. um, you could also do palazzo pants or wide legged pants, something that adds that volume on the bottom. Oh, and there's a, a, yeah, there's okay. a bazillion options, but yeah. 
So if you think of it as in an interior design kind of way, as far as balance and the overall like scale, because even when we're designing rooms, we're we're looking at the visual weight of things, not and I don't mean pounds, you know, I'm just looking at balance in a room and you know, how pieces fit. And oh, OK, so that makes perfect sense. I, I like that. I like that a lot. So I can I can see where the mindset's going. What what if <laughs> what if what if everything's you know voluminous? What if you have big boobs, big butt and a big waist? Then what are we focusing on our eyes? Are we wearing the best glasses we can? <laughs> well, OK, so when you are balanced naturally, when you have um, strong shoulders and mm-hmm. a voluptuous bust and it's paired with curvy hips, and a rockin' bum, then you are balanced, right? So then you just want to keep the balance. So that way you don't want to... And the other thing is, and it's... It's just such a natural default for women to think, you know what? I don't like my stomach or I don't like a specific area. So Mm. I'm going to choose... Uh, top, bottom, whatever, that has has a lot of volume in hopes of concealing an area that I'm not crazy about. Yeah. Um, but my college professor, and this is the only thing I remember from chemistry, but <laughs> he said something along the lines of volume plus volume equals more volume. <laughs> so when we have volume in a specific area, and then we buy a tunic top in hopes of hiding that volume. We're actually adding more volume to an area that doesn't need it. And it's making us look even bigger. So it can backfire on us. So we I'm have to guilty. Caution. We all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's natural. It's, yeah. I'm not crazy. So I'm not crazy about it. So I want to hide it. And that's the best way to hide it. And in fact, then, I mean, it's, it's probably happened to all of us, but you look at a picture and you're like, Jesus, help me. What was I thinking? <laughs> like that was. <laughs> Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> okay. So obviously, I mean, getting help from someone such as yourself, an expert and hands-on and doing that, it would be the best option to go. But I like that mindset and that thinking. So if you can, if you can kind of deconstruct your wardrobe around some of these philosophies, I think we're, I think we're cooking with gas. All right. So when I think back to when I was doing full-time interior design work and I was going to to locations and on sites and stuff, I, I actually did meet with a stylist. Love, lovely person, but wasn't my style. (laughs) Not at all. Not on brand, not for my personality and everything. And looking back on, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? I was really awkward. It was too staid, too safe, too feminine, too matronly in a lot of ways. And, um, which brings me to my next question is how do we align our wardrobe with our brand positioning, messaging voice, and how we want to be perceived? Um, how far do do we go to stay authentic to what we are comfortable with in ourselves, but also to reflect the brand and the clients we want to track? That's a loaded question. It is. It is. And there's, there's a lot to that. So, um, Depending upon, you know, on where they're at in their entrepreneurial journey, some of them will have already gone to a branding expert and had them come up with like, this is your designer brand and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And usually, and it's nice because then when they come to work with me, I already have, I know exactly what their, you know, what their branding expert was thinking and where, you know, where their thoughts are already. Nice. The majority of those branding books have some sort of a brand thesaurus, uh, my brand's classic or um, edgy or timeless or, you know, a, a bajillion different adjectives that I've seen. So 
what I want to do is I want to take those words and then translate them into um, each of the different buckets that that designer needs in order to dress her brand for the different situations that she finds herself. So if a brand, for example, is very classic or traditional or something like that, that's obviously going to look different than somebody whose brand is um, edgy or girly or feminine or all of that. Once you have that brand thesaurus and you have those, we try to keep it to three because some branding experts can give you a damn dictionary and it's tough to like all of a sudden you have too much to work with. So we try to pick three and make sure that everything that we buy for the photo shoot or for social media or stage presentations or whatever the situation is, that everything fits into those three words. So it's, and I'm sorry that you had that experience with the stylist, right? Because, and, and I think a lot of it is, um, um, some stylists will, you know, you're attracted to them because you like their personal style, yeah. right? One of the things about coaching though, is that you have to know that like, not, I, I mean, like my clients don't ever buy what I buy for clothes, right? Like you have to be able to flex so that you, what you're recommending for your, you know, for your client, just like the house, your house, right? I'm sure that mm -hmm. the, there's a, an, another design analogy in there that we could work with. <laughs> I mean, your living room isn't going to look the same as mine. And you're not going to recommend the same thing. So, you know, that your whatever stylist that you go to needs to be able to flex according to their clients, branding, you know, requirements or whatever. Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success. The second part of that question was how outside of your, I, I don't even want to say comfort zone because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We want to be confident. We want to take the day. But how, how flexible and adventurous and I, I'm going to say outside of your comfort zone do we need to be to dress to reflect our brand and still be in, you know, be in alignment with our messaging and everything, but still be comfortable and confident. You know what I mean? There's a fine, like I would be in t-shirt and jeans every day to, if I went, but that's not. That's not ideal when <laughs> you go to meet clients and everything, right? So where do we, where do we draw the line on that when it comes to messaging and branding? 
Yes. So the most important thing is that the woman feels confident because to your point, if she's not comfortable and that doesn't mean looking comfortable, it just Mm -hmm. means comfortable with what she has on. She's not going to be able to be confident. She's not going to be as compelling during sales consultations or on social. I mean, you're going to be able to tell that it's not authentic. Now I like to tell my clients, I like to nudge them out of their comfort zone, not shove them out. Right. (laughs) I mean, because again, a lot of times though, it does take a little bit of like, once I explain to them and once we go over the styles that fit their body shape and the colors that look best on them, the colors that make sense with their branding and all of that, then they have the why behind it. So it's a little bit easier for them to try new things. I absolutely, I mean, there will be occasions where a client's like, absolutely not. I won't do it. But I think that's when it, it, the relationship between the stylist and, you know, the client is so incredibly important. You have to be able to have that honest back and forth. Um, and, and that's to say like, and I don't give up. Like if I really do think a style is going to be amazing on a client, I'm like, just try it. Trust me on this one. Just try it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we need that as business owners. Sometimes we need that like strong person to say, yeah, here, try it. And then you'd be like, well, what do you know? You're right. Right. Yes. Yeah. We've all done it. We're such control freaks as business owners and especially interior designers. You had a really intriguing thing here that I have no idea where this is going, but you suggested um, to talk a little bit about the best neckline to ensure flattering photos. How the hell can we relate that on a podcast? <laughs> okay, so and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, like volume plus volume and okay. all of that. So one of the things that I always recommend for my clients who are getting ready either to your point to new headshots or new website photos or whatever the situation is, a couple of different things is that where, you know, um, a oversized dress might be amazing and look great on you in person. Mm-hmm. A lot of material and pictures don't look great. So we need to have some sort of skin showing a lot of times. And and you'll see it on, you know, different people. They'll have like um, a crew neck top or a Mm -hmm. turtleneck top. And it looks like they're mummified in their clothes. A V-neck is absolutely going to be the most flattering. Something that adds some length and some elongation to your torso Mm -hmm. and your overall height is always going to be the most flattering. Something that's just a little bit airier. And if you're going to go oversized, try to pair it with something more tailored. So if you're going to have a a wide leg pant on, uh, pair it with a more tailored top. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look like the clothes are wearing you, you're wearing the clothes. So, cause it can be a lot of, you know, like something that you think looks cute in real life does not translate in pictures. So, you know, thinking on some of the better photos that I've taken, I did have a, not a, like a t-shirt neckline, but I had like a V-neck or you're right. It does a, the line of the photography. That's super important. And y- yeah, cause you want to keep less is more, I think, and not saying wear a bikini, but you know, I think you're right. Some editing on the, the billowing and stuff, unless you have, unless you're Beyonce and you have fans or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wings, anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the, the other thing too is, is that because it does look good in real life, like you look at it and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, it does look good. And it just doesn't, for some reason, doesn't translate into photos. So Mm -hmm. after 
um, I work with the clients and we decide, decide these are the five outfits that you're going to wear or whatever. I have them take a mirror selfie and then take a look at it because the way that the pictures flat, you know, like pictures mm -hmm. are 2d and we're 3d. So when you take a picture and it turns us into a 2d image, it can flatten us out mm -hmm. and things that in person look super flattering, not so much in pictures, but when we get in front of that, we can, you know, like tweak outfits and all of that to make sure that it's the very best. I love that. And this leads me to, since we're talking about photography now too, and maybe this will also bleed over into real life patterns versus monochromatic, you know, colors. I, 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 sometimes I'll do patterns. I really kind of like this kind of trended out now, but I like the, like the, uh, zebra patterns and the leopard patterns like four years ago. Um, sometimes I like them, but I kind of tend to solids. I want, I don't want the clothes to be what's doing the talking. I want them to flatter me and frame me. Um, so let's talk about your thoughts on both of those. Absolutely. So monochromatic is always going to be the most flattering. Okay. And the reason why is because prints, and, and I know that you're tall, um, but 44% mm -hmm. of women are five, four and under. So they would fall into that petite category. Mm -hmm. And Patterns can be very overwhelming where, to your point, it looks like the pattern's wearing you yeah. and not vice versa. So you have to, in photos, you have to be cautious about prints. Um, and if you are determined to use a print, do something small, like more of an understated polka dot or maybe a soft floral that doesn't have a ton of contrast to the background. Again, pictures, if you take a, a mirror selfie beforehand, if you have an idea in mind, that will give you a big, a big indication of whether it will translate in your photo shoot. Yeah, I love that. I wish I'd had this advice years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you as a stylist work with clients? remotely do you work with clients remotely or is it only yep, in person okay no that's is all it I like do is video, remote. is it a video format like this I imagine or it, it, okay yep absolutely so I was going to say the my most popular package and I have a couple different coaching options mm -hmm. is to work with them quarter by quarter so they'll go through one of my VIP sessions where we determine their body shape the colors that look best on their skin we come up with their perfect pant formula because pants can be a huge stumbling block um we come up with their signature accessory um, and then we talk about closet editing. So we go through the VIP session and then at the beginning of the season, we go through everything that they have on their calendar for that quarter. So whether it be a photo shoot or whether it's just, uh, you know, social media shots or whether they have videos to do or whether they have presentations to do, we map those all out and then we create the different outfits for them so that they're prepared because that's the biggest thing, right? That's you had made a comment earlier about how stressful it could be. Like, you know, you need to be visible and you know, you need to take a candid shot, candid shot for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. but Lots anybody, of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not prepared and you're like, oh my gosh, I had this on last time or whatever the situation is. But once you can map those out and then plan ahead, that alleviates number one, so much stress. Then it's like one less thing to worry about. And now I can focus on the actual message that I'm trying to send. That's actually a really good idea. Even if you, if it's someone is DIY or you're at that level, or if you want to do it, is to look at their, your calendar and look at your big shoots and events coming up and plan ahead of time. Angela, Angela, what would your advice be? I know we touched on not avoiding photo shoots because you feel like you want to lose the five to 10 pounds. You're always going to do, you're always going to be at some flex. And honestly, 
guys, when you're going to a client's home, this, that's you, you are where you are right now, right? You can always do another photo shoot. What would your advice be to someone who wants to tailor their wardrobe? Who's who is losing weight or is getting in shape or whose body shape is changing over time. Right. So I, th I think that's such a good point with the whole losing weight thing, because mm -hmm. I, I mean, obviously a hundred percent of my clients are women. So I would say <laughs> at any given point, 80% of them are, are on a diet. Um, <laughs> so a, a couple of things on that. The first one is women will typically fall into one of two categories. They'll want to hold on to clothes that don't fit them in their closet. Oh my God. I have a whole closet full of clothes when I was a size eight. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, right. And so the thing that I think about that is it's, and I get it. I mean, we all hold on to that, like that designer dress that we got the great bargain on and it looked, and we, we all have that stuff. The thing is though, is that if we go into our closet in the morning and we are thumbing through things and saying, well, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. It just like everything just like takes our self-esteem takes a hit every time yes. we do that. 100%. Or, if we try to like squeeze our butt into the pants that haven't fit in two years, right? Like it just, again, it's just, here we go. It's I mean, right. That's just not how we want to start our day. So my whole thing is, is it doesn't like, sure. You could get down to a size eight again, but would you want to wear those clothes anyways? No. Yeah. You'd want to shop for new stuff. I mean, cause mm. that's one of the fun things is like going into a store and buying a size that you haven't seen in a while. So get rid of it. If it doesn't fit, it's just, it's not helpful. So that's that. When somebody is on an active weight loss journey, we just try to be very specific about the clothes that we're going to get. So we don't buy, you know, like every five pounds, every 10 pounds. And most, most of the time, 10 pounds is a size yeah. every town at every 10 pounds she loses. We don't go out and buy an entire new wardrobe. We really focus on tailored basic pieces that, you know, we might be able to alter down when she loses another 10 pounds or something, but we try to be very strategic. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I tell my clients too, no matter what the situation is with their weight is it's, um, you know, we've all had that situation where we have 38 pairs of jeans in our closet and no tops. And for, <laughs> yes. Right. So please God, don't go out and buy another pair of jeans. You don't need them. But but make sure that you have a list of, I need, you know, like a classic white top. I need a great black mm -hmm. blouse, whatever, create a list and then stick to it. And I'm not saying you can't ever buy another pair of denim, but before you do make sure you <laughs> check off your list so that you have something to wear on top with your jeans. Yeah. So, and that, and that scenario could be with whatever, like vice versa. What do you say to aspirational purchases? Let's say I'm a size 12 right now, but I want to be an eight. I'm going to buy that size 10 or I'm going to buy that size eight, right? Is that a waste of money or am I, am I just hurting my own feelings or do you think that's positive? So I have had women before, you know, like they'll be um, losing weight and they'll have a bikini that they want to fit into uh -huh. for a vacation this summer or, you know, but it's usually, it's usually some sort of swimwear. <laughs> if hanging that up on your closet door empowers you and makes you feel like, yes, I'm going to eat healthy today. I'm going to make sure to go to yoga after work, whatever this is. If it, if it fills you up and makes you feel empowered, do it. It's completely fine. If on the other hand, it puts you in a, oh my gosh, I really just want a chocolate chip cookie and I can't. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that deprivation. I, I do. Yeah, mindset. I know. Yeah. yeah. 
the more, the more I see that, the more I'm like, oh my God, that chocolate chip cookie would be so amazing right now. So it just depends. If it doesn't, if it, if it enervates you and encourages you and doesn't discourage you and make you feel bad. Okay. Got it. Yes. A hundred percent. Sure. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Cause that's where I'm at right now. I'm actually on a a weight loss journey and I was like, maybe I should get the smaller jeans and see and just gauge that way. Um, menopause is I don't know if I told you this. It's terrible. <laughs> I, think you, I, think you meant, I think you mentioned it, yeah. <laughs> Angela, is there anything that we've forgotten to touch on on this subject before we get into the fire round? Oh, um, yes. Just one thing I want, and I don't know if I mentioned it, if I did, okay. but it's worth hearing again. Sure. I think the, um, the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to scheduling a photo shoot or headshots and all of that is just not starting planning far enough out. Okay. So... If possible, there is a four to six week sweet spot that's going to allow you to have time to put everything together, to feel really great about your choices, have anything altered that needs to be altered or tweak things at the last minute without pressure. Um, The more the easier that the days leading up to your photo shoot can be, the better, the better off and the happier you'll be with the pictures. So not do like I did and go to your closet the morning of <laughs> I, sort of, I literally did that I went to the closet the morning of my shoot and picked out a couple shirts that I thought might still fit and one of them kind of didn't I'll be honest um yeah yeah hi <laughs> Hey, hey, listen, that's why you have the podcast, because we need to learn from you. Like, you know how that, that say, whatever that saying is, is do what I say, not what I do not or something do, like that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah that one. There you go. <laughs> All right. Terrific advice, Angela Foster. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Yes. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> what uh, would the hashtag on your tombstone be? There better be champagne. <laughs> You're stuck on a deserted island. You can have your one favorite food forever. Oh, what is it? Gosh. Twizzlers. Love Twizzlers. I love that. You know, I'm not even going to say that's a horrible survival choice for a deserted island because I'm with you. I'll take Twizzlers. I like Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. What's it, what's I mean? What's the worst thing that you can have? And you'll have like red stuff stuck in your teeth. I'm assuming <laughs> yeah, I'm there by myself. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah who cares? We're not going to shave, and we're going to have Twizzlers. Yeah. Yes. We're going to be living the life. <laughs> and last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Okay, so Darla, I have to be honest with you. I love to read. And I read purely for pleasure. So I will read every trashy romance novel that's ever been published. (laughs) However, since you did, like, I knew you were going to ask this question. I was like, okay, what is the last business book that I read? And it was um, Find Your Red Thread. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's by um, Tamsin Webster. Mm -hmm. And it's about um, being able to storytell about your brand and how to um, create a compelling message and move your people to action. And yes. I love that. That's a first. Find Your Red Thread by, what was the author again? Tamsin Webster. That's an interesting Tamsin. I'm going to take a look at that. That's a very uh, first recommendation for us. We'll have to see how that turns out. Angela Foster, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the wingnuts where they can go to find out more about you and your awesome sauce services, and we'll call it a day. Awesome. Thank you. So I actually have a free gift for your listeners. Oh, cool. If they go to AngelaStyleCoach.com forward slash wingnut, 
I will send them a PDF of your five closet must-haves. You know, I was almost going to ask you a question. What are some staples we need to have in our closet? But in the interest of time, I chose something else that was probably dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, not at all. All right. all right. So AngelaStyleCoach.com slash Wingnut to, to download that. I'm going to do that. I need that. I need that in my life. Angela Foster, thank you so much for joining us. You've been terrific. Oh, Darla, thank you for having me. Have a great one. Well, I have some work to do. I have a lot of shit I got to throw out of my closet. A lot of clothes that um, I've been waiting to fit back into for some magical fairy to come and wave at the wand and all my adipose tissues to just magically morph back to three or four years ago. Um, even if I could tomorrow, they're not in style anymore. Were they ever in style? Well, that's that's kind of why we did this episode, right? Um, no, probably not. So... I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow your advice, Angela Foster. Thank you so much for sharing your advice and your insight with us. I love the the analogy, the reference to the design aesthetic and how we design for a room and space and balance. I think that was super important. And I hope that she gave you um, some, some ahas, some light bulbs and some mindset and some takeaways for that. If you are someone who's struggling with what the hell am I going to wear on this photo shoot? What am I going to wear? on this consultation. And I'll tell you from how my rule of thumb, personally, when I was doing the the full-time design is I would always show up pretty on point for the consultations, right? You're professional, you're dressed up, you know, on brand after, you know, I ditched the old lady clothes. And then for site visits and the ongoing and the work, definitely more casual because I'm working. I'm working. I know an interior designer who shows up in her Lululemons on those, on the site visits and everything else after the sales is done. Hey, you know what? That's fine. And let me tell you, you can be very cute and casual and Lululemon. So ain't no shame in that game. But the most important thing is, and I I, off, I opened it up, right, with the, can you wear a t-shirt? And this is what I'm wearing for your subscribe to our Design by Wingnut social channel. You'll see I have a Wingnut social t-shirt. I love it. I'm like Steve Jobs. I don't have to think about it. I have a closet full of Wingnut social t-shirts and I'm I'm confident in them. And I like, like Angela said to her point, it's the most important thing is that you are confident and that you exude that when you are doing anything in business. So I think that that's super, super important. That being said, it's good to be open-minded and go out of your comfort zone to expand your potential in that area. Okay. So Angela had a, a little bonus for us. I would look at my little book here. If you go to AngelaStyleCoach.com slash wingnut, she had that staples download. What you, the five pieces I think she said that you want to keep in your closet. So go over there and check that out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and make sure to tune in Monday and Wednesday. Every Monday and Wednesday, we got something going on. Mondays are the mini news. Ish. Wednesdays are the guest podcasts. If you need any help with marketing your interior design a firm, your architect firm, or if you're a to-the-trade manufacturer, you want to reach more designers, you want to get your product out there, you want to get known, increase your brand reach and awareness, and, and increase your business, really. Social media marketing is where it's at. It's, it is where it's at. You cannot have a brand anymore and not have a healthy presence on social media, unless you're going to sell it. You're going to sell it next year? Knock yourself out. Actually, actually, I, I take that back. I was talking to a designer, a local designer here in... Um, in Maryland. And she just said, she's happy with the work she has. She doesn't want any more business. She doesn't want any more leads. So that's why she's not on social. So you can deconstruct that. (laughs) If you want more leads, you want more business, get on social. See where I was going with that. Anywho, um, if you're not in a position to afford 
to have someone do the marketing for you because it is an investment in your future and your revenue and growing your business, head on over to wingnetsocial.com and check out uh, Instagram for Designers, our Wingnet Academy. That's an on-demand course you can take to help master your marketing game on Instagram if you're in the interior design space. And if not, head on over and see how you can work with Wingnet. Wingnetsocial.com. Happy to chat and see if we can partner together to take your firm from meh to amazing. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable, be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. And last but not least, please recommend my... Edit... You too. Oh, my dogs are barking. <laughs> oh, I can't hear them. Oh, good, 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 good. Hey, kids, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I am your host with the most. I'm not a ghost, although I'm as white as one. Good boy, Mango.